The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? Great. Today we have for you comments with Skeeter. We have no on this day in history. I'll explain. <laughs> we do have, what year is it? Oh, I'm never going to, um, I'll never get another one correct again. Coming off a three for three. Ooh, I'm tired of being a winner. She is feeling the pressure, my people. Feeling the pressure. Got a Cool Stories quick hit. We recently lost Jimmy Webb. I'll explain who he is with his music. I sure hope you got all the facts right. Got us an itty-bitty theater. Uh, Got Today is the day Elvis died. We'll take a look at his last day. And the stories we didn't get to last week, the most frequently stolen cars in America. Do people still take summer vacation? What day of the week do we do our best work? Who is happier after the divorce? And what is your favorite sandwich? So let's just make it clear right off the bat that we are um, this the show is recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, today uh, the day this show will be aired uh, is the day, August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Elvis passed away, and I kind of forgot about it until uh, I was looking at the date and realized, oh shit! And we have been to Memphis during Elvis week on the actual day that he died. And it is crazy. It is crazy. It's, uh, you know, unless you're a really, really big Elvis fan, you can't, you can't tolerate it because there's so many people and there's all kinds of crap to do. There's no question about that. But for example, taking the tour, you can't get a ticket. So unless you're a big fan that wants to see that, avoid Elvis week at all costs. But we've been there and it was kind of fun. We, um, they had a thing where they had rented 31 movie theaters which is the amount of theaters that are the amount of movies that elvis made in his life and so they had they're showing them all day and all night and you could choose any movie you wanted to go see so we for some reason chose girl happy i think because it was close whatever it was was close so we get there and of course the place is packed with elvis fans they're all excited and so i got uh, Linda, myself, Matt, Amy, Katie, and Matt was, I guess, 18 at the time, 19, whatever it was. And he could drink. And he dreaded, he hated Elvis Week. And he was dreading this movie. So he got a couple of beers. <laughs> and so we're sitting in this theater and we're watching Girl Happy. And he said later, he said, I had those two beers and I'm watching Girl Happy and I'm thinking, this is pretty great. <laughs> And then the beer wore off, and he was stuck in girl happy. And it didn't improve for him. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think maybe he was 21 when we Well, no. I mean, to be able to drink. I don't know. 
He legally got the beer. Right. I didn't get it for Right, him. right, yeah. So whatever his age was, he was legal and good to go. Um, So I had an experience. This was a, a week ago or maybe two. I forgot to tell you about it. I went to the grocery store, which usually I'm allowed to do. Allowed. <laughs> usually, okay, here's the thing. If, if there's fruit to buy, then Linda goes. If there's fruit or vegetables. Because you just pick the first one you see. You don't actually look at it. You don't know. Oh, I've seen you. You don't know what I do. And I've seen what you've brought home. So. And well, then let me also say that you are annoyingly long in the produce department. You take forever. Okay, but you gotta remember that fruit and produce are mainly, that's mainly what I eat. They're so it has to be perfect. They're strawberries. No, yeah. They're cantaloupe. Yeah. Well, you got to be, especially with our grocery store, because they like to refrigerate that shit for months and then put it out there. Okay, so see, she'll spend three-fourths of the grocery store trip in produce, and she doesn't trust me to do it. Do you know that you can freeze apples up to 18 months? I didn't know that. And then put them out? I didn't know that, nor did I care to know it. Mm. That's one of those fun facts that I didn't find fun. Just, it's one that pisses me off. So I go, and it was obviously not produce that I went to get, but I go to the grocery store, and I've got just a few items, and I went to the self-checkout. And so Linda taught me that the first thing to do is push the big green sign that says, Start. Start. So I'm standing there in my grocery store. Harris Teeters is what it's called. That's the grocery store around here. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the Harris Teeters, <clears throat> and I'm I'm checking my I'm getting the barcode and I'm putting it up against the screen and it's checking me out. And as I'm standing there studying this because I have to think to get it done because it's uppity if I don't immediately put the item in the bag on the thing, the tray, the oh, table yeah. next to me. Put the item in the bag. I'm doing it. Or if you try to adjust it, put item back in the bag. So I'm standing there and I'm doing this and I hear the following. <laughs> the RG. And I thought, well, this is a coincidence. I'm in Lake Norman, North Carolina in a Harris Teeter's. Maybe that's somebody just saying code. So I just kind of glanced, and there's a guy standing at the self-checkout next to me staring at me. Who's witnessing you not being able to operate. The- He's seeing it all. <laughs> He's seeing everything. And, uh, and so I said, hey. And he, I don't think he told me his name. If he did, sir, I'm sorry, I forgot it. And uh, so we chatted, and his main thing was sorry to hear about Red. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you, just picking up a few items and trying to get out of here and so we we that was kind of all he said and i'm thinking wow i mean i've run into some people but not many right um and so we finished our business i checked out i go and he had left before i did well of course everyone had probably and sir i'm 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 sorry this has nothing to do with you so i finish and i've got my bag and i'm walking out to my car and then i stopped in the parking lot I'll bet this dude is sitting in his car 
waiting to see which car I get in, and he's going to follow me home. <laughs> Paranoid much? So I get in my car, and I'm looking around, and I see a car where there's a person in it <laughs> sitting there. And I can't tell whether it's him or not. Oh, my God. Now you've turned this this nice man into a stalker. I apologize to him already. This has nothing to do with you. This has to do with me and my problem. And so, and actually, I don't, hey, you want to come over? Come over. Come in. Uh, but I can't imagine Linda's face if I walked in with a perfect strength. I just can't. I don't want to face that. So I get in my car, I crank it, and I pull back, and I'm watching this person that I saw sitting in their car to see what they're doing. They're looking down at their phone. It's not him. So I pull out, and I go the back way, as I always do, and I'm watching in my rearview mirror, and I see a car. It wasn't the same car that the guy was sitting in, but I see a car. Mark, you're killing me. Who's behind me, pulling out of the Harris Teeter. So I pull up to the stop sign I gotta take a right to go home and so I start driving the car took a right as well they're behind me so I think to myself I should take a right here just take a right throw them off see what they do and then I think you know what this is ridiculous they're not gonna follow you home so I didn't take the right the car kept following the car's with me as I'm driving home. So then I thought, well, now I'm a, I have to take a left to get home. I'm sure this car is gonna go straight. Car took a left. <laughs> it's behind me now. It's time to pull into my neighborhood. I took the right. I pulled into my neighborhood. So did he. <laughs> I go and okay. Now I'm now I'm, I'm. This isn't funny to me anymore. Well, now I'm thinking I'm not going to pull into my driveway. I'm just not. So I get down to where we are. There's my house. What am I going to do? Circle? No. I pulled into my driveway. The car comes behind me and takes a ride into his driveway. <laughs> it's my next door neighbor, Rodney. <laughs> It's all my fault. Uh, hi, Rodney. I, I, for a minute there, I thought you were a stalker. Rodney! <laughs> How you doing, brother? How's Norma? Oh, my God. That's the first time I've heard that story. Well, That's it's, funny. It's not the kind of embarrassing thing you share oh. with your significant other. Okay, but my thing is, did you did you ask the nice man in the grocery store how he knew you? Anything? I mean, I always ask people. I didn't ask him anything. Okay. I was checking out. I'm concentrating here. Because the machine's kicking your ass. Well, I mean, obviously he's a listener. He knows the RG. So, right. So, so I want to know how. How what? Why? I mean, how does he know you? I'm global. I'm worldwide. <laughs> I can't walk the streets in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm huge over there. So, yeah, that's not the kind of story you readily run home and, hey, guess what I did? I freaked out on the way home from Harris Teeters. But I got my stuff purchased, and the guy did not follow me home. He was, he was going, going to, to his house. He was right across the street. So was your heart pounding as all this? No, as you no, it wasn't that kind of thing. I just didn't know how I was going to respond if he pulled into my driveway. So this is where you live.
Oh, God. I would have had a stroke. That was my concern. Was you. Yeah. So, anyway, there that is. Uh, it's uh, been a week, and we have not received our chest of drawers at this point. So, the tool at that... <laughs> Oh, my God. Furniture store. You are making me laugh today. I don't know why. Well, speaking of that, so last night, and this, it doesn't do any good to tell you what happened. It just, I went to bed. I came into the bedroom. Linda goes up before me, and she does what women do. God knows what that is. <laughs> and then, so she's in bed, and I come to bed. I brush my teeth, and I walk into the bedroom, which I did, and I something happened, and Linda was deeply entertained by it and started that guttural kind oh of God. laugh. My stomach hurts so bad today from all that giggling because that was just classic Mark. Well, it lasted 10 minutes. And of course, what do you do when somebody is uncontrollably laughing? You laugh with them. Mm -hmm. So that finally subsided to a point. And I turned on Bob Ross, as I always do, and I, so I start coughing because of this hard laugh that we had had. I've got, I've got, I'm coughing. And as I laid there watching Bob Ross, because of the guttural laugh, I've got a headache now <laughs> because of this. And I had trouble getting to sleep because I was fighting back, coughing, heads pounding. Uh, and it was of course, worth it though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fine, but but within you know you know we we laid there and we watched tv and then it's time to turn off the tv and and lay down and then i started giggling again you did you you started that and within 10 seconds of her giggling again this is what i hear yep she was out <laughs> i i really do admire that somebody that can literally lay down and go to sleep that well i just got lucky last night i mean there's a lot of nights where i have to go through my you know dance exercise routine to get me to go to sleep yeah this is funny uh you know we all have our happy place whatever it is that we think about as we're trying to go to sleep uh we all have it um and you don't ever tell anybody about it because who cares what you're thinking about but you think of whatever and uh linda recites in her brain her Jane Fonda workout. Yeah, my dance steps. Well, I have two. There's a, I, don't, I can't remember the other guy's name, but there was one that Alinea and I learned while she was here. So depending on the night, if I'm, you know, which one I'm gonna go through. And it usually works. Well, then maybe I should find out what the Jane Fonda workout is and start doing it. Cause I, some nights just, you know, takes an hour or more. I know. And then it takes so long, I got to get up and pee again, <laughs> which I would give anything. Well, not anything, but it would be nice if I could sleep an entire night and not go to the bathroom. Well, I mean, you only get up once. It's not like you have a problem. Sometimes, sometimes, you well, know. Well, that's because you pound down that bottle of water before you go to bed. Two of them. Yeah, well, no wonder you're getting up. Well, I need that water. Well, then drink it earlier in the day. I do what I do, but it would be it would be nice to not get up and because I think it's an old thing. I can remember being young and you just you know when you're young, young I mean a young adult, you just you don't even worry about going to sleep. You just go to bed when you're tired and you fall asleep right away and you wake up. Not anymore. Uh, on a night when your body, you know how sometimes your body is just going to dump everything. I don't even know what that means like three times I have to get up and go to the bed. And I'm talking about I'll wake up and, oh, 
I got to get to the bathroom. And of course, I'm old, so I get up and my ankles and my heels don't work. And then I'm having to tiptoe so I won't wake her up. And it's taking forever to get Stop down. Stop drinking the water right before bed. I will not. Well, then you're going to live with this problem. I need it. All right. What else? What else? Are we good? We're good, except for it's just hot here. It is. It is stifling. And very humid. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is very, very hot and heated. Shocking. I know. Um, well, it is August. Yeah, it's the time when it's supposed to be this kind of hot. And every day, around 4, 4.35, whenever Linda joins me for the evening, I always say, tonight, I'm swimming. And I never do. No. Because it the, cools down. Well, by the time we've had dinner, it's cool now, and I don't need to swim. What I should do is get my ass up the moment I'm saying I'm going to go swimming and go swimming. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. And now, with comments, it is Skeeter. Rob says, I honestly never thought I would hear Linda say, maybe seven won't go in there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I giggle when I heard you say it. <laughs> David says, slam dunk next year for MMB. Well, we'll see. Hopefully. And then Marty says, hi, y'all. If the Radio Hall of Fame thinks we hit them hard, wait till next year. They ain't seen shit. <laughs> Congrats to those that got in. Linda, you and I are on the same page of BH90210. That's what they call the new Beverly Hills 90210 BH. So he liked it too? The respect they showed to Luke was great. I watched the original and I'll be watching it with you. Mm. So he will watch it. Uh, sorry, Cody, but Kokomo. Oh my God. It's, uh, and then he goes uh, on to say, woohoo, Linda, way to go. Three for three. So while you play Kokomo, I'm just going to remind everybody that Cody and his wife their um radio show starts on august 19th it's called swings and misses and you can find it at radio.com sports that's monday Mm-hmm. okay check it out it's good i i heard the demo and it's good she is surprising with how well she knows sports i don't mean to say anything about that but it just shocked me i mean she is more well read on baseball than cody and he played professional ball. Wow. So well done, Mrs. Decker. Turn it up a little bit. Down in Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take it to Bermuda. Bahama, come on, pretty mama. I can't tell you uh, what it is to be on vacation in Florida in our hotel on our balcony looking at the ocean. Linda's phone is in her hand, and all of a sudden I hear... All right. Uh, Brent says, Hi, Mark and Linda. I'm listening to your Kiss Me First podcast and heard Linda talk about the one movie she didn't want to see because of Red, but she read the book. It reminded me of the Australian movie Red Dog. It is by far one of the best movies I've ever seen and has to be at the top of the best Australian movies Mm. on par with Crocodile Dundee or better. Apologies if you've seen it or talked about it before, but I can't remember y'all covering it. I've been living in Australia for 12 years now, but I grew up listening to Mark and Brian, and I've written to you before. Mm. I am a huge fan of 
of you both, and I'm so sorry for your loss of Red. Mm. I just think that movie would really be worth a watch for you. Big love to you both. I will remember this movie, but as of right now, I can't watch any movies with dogs in it, period. I just, and it's really funny because some days I will be fine. And then other days, all I want to do is just lay in my bed and sob my eyes out. Uh, everybody grieves uh, in uh, different ways. Linda and I clearly do. Um, I went through my period of a lot of crying. Uh, and that was primarily the week that we had made the decision. And then two, three days after uh, we had said goodbye to him. Uh, but now I look at a lot of pictures. I can't look at any pictures. I just can't. I, he's just, it's, he's still with me too much to be able to, instead of being happy that, oh, and I am happy that I have him, but there comes a time when you're like celebrating the life instead of mourning it. Mm -hmm. And right now I am still mourning red a lot because he was with me 24 seven. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I will uh, remember that. Uh, okay. Stacy says, love you guys. Just wanted to say that Mark's paintings are pretty impressive. If he ever decides to throw some into the shop, I would love to buy one. Um, but then it might not be as much fun for him anymore. So your paintings are not for sale. You are doing this for fun. And we are all amazed at how fucking great you are. Well, you're kind to say all of that. And Linda had read me some of these comments. And I will tell you, um, if, if the day comes, because right now I'm still painting with Bob. And the good thing about that is that Bob forces you to do things you've never done before. And then you find out what you can do and what you can't do. At any rate, if it ever gets to a point where I get a painting or two that I'm proud of, um, I'm not opposed to selling one. Linda and I talked about this. Um, to uh, I would like 100% of the proceeds if this happens to go to puppies and kittens. Yeah. Rescue. And I know that there's all kinds of places you can go, but I'm looking for something where the donation goes completely to the puppies and the kittens, not to give some CEO a big bonus. Uh, not my thing. So, But that's way down the road. That's not anytime uh, soon. So please don't hit me up on my Instagram or, or Facebook because... Yeah. Well, trust me, it's way in the future because if you saw that big wave <laughs> that I was trying to do, uh, <laughs> it, 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 at one point it looked good and that I just kept fudging. Bob says it every show. He goes, you know, you get in here and it feels good and you keep going and then all of a sudden you become like the rest of us. You're a mud mixer. And that's what I did. At one point that wave looked great. And then I thought, what if I... And then it became 20 feet high. So what has been your biggest challenge so far? <sighs> trees. Uh, trees are hard. Um, not, not the actual building of the tree. It's the highlights that go on them. Um, so I'll just stop there. Trees. Uh, mountains, I'm, I feel pretty strong. The ocean went well. How do you uh, feel about ponds? Ponds? Ponds. Oh, <laughs> you mean the green pea soup pond? <laughs> I'll show you a pond that'll make you cry. You better never get rid of those. Because there's something that you put on these where you can wipe the, what is it called? White gesso. But what is the thing that you paint on called? Uh, a palette. 
No. Oh, the canvas. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there's something that you put on the canvas and you can wipe it clean and start all over again so mm-hmm. you're not buying so many canvases. Mm-hmm. Don't ever erase that pond. Why? Because that's where you came from. Stupid. That's where you came from. Jesus. All right, Dennis says, Mark, all those Survivor songs that you played, with the exception uh, of Eye of the Tiger, were sung by Jimmy Jameson. It just... Soon after Eye of the Tiger, Dave... Bickler. Bickler was out of the band. It doesn't matter. Okay, hold on. Barry Kay says, the Dave Bickler... No, though Dave Bickler sung Eye of the Tiger, all subsequent hits were sung by Jimmy Jameson. Second time you got Survivor wrong, asshat. Okay, you Survivor fans can calm the fuck down because Dave Bickler, okay, fine. He only sang Eye of the Tiger, arguably their biggest hit, so suck it. And then it was Dave Bickler who went on to become the real men of genius. So just this thing you're correcting me for is irrelevant. It well, it, doesn't... it matters to them. Okay, fuck them. Okay. So that's why I said today with your uh, Cool Stories quick hit on Jimmy Webb, you better have got those facts right, bud. I got them. All right, Steve from Oceanside, California says, hey guys, thanks for the fun. I need to break out my Dusty Encyclopedia today because Linda said that moon thing. I'm so curious, so I will look it up and see just how important that moon thing was. Linda, three for three. Mm. Yes, and it'll never happen again. We got three more today. Good luck. All righty. And so then our last one, Brian says, just in case you were wondering, here is the 1988 Miller Genuine Draft commercial featuring the talents of Mark and Brian. We talked about this last week, and it is, we were asked to, keep in mind, we were number one at that point, so we were Jerry Reed got it right in the 70s, that song he came out with, when you're hot, you're hot, when you're not, you're not. And when you're hot, everybody wants a piece of the heat. So Miller comes to us and they want us to record these simple lines to be included in a national Miller high life spot. So he sent it to us. What's his name? Doesn't matter. Wait, yes, it does matter. Brian, how could we forget his name was Brian? Uh, So Brian, thank you. And so here it is. You're going to hear us. There's basically two guys, which by the way, look a lot like us and they're doing a billboard. So you'll hear us at the beginning, the very beginning of the commercial, somewhere in the middle and then at the very end. I was so excited to hear this. It took us a total of 60 seconds to do this. I can't even explain the amount of money. Yeah, it was obscene. It ran for a year. It ran during Monday Night Football. I mean, the money just rolled in. So here it is, Mark and Brian's genuine Miller Draft beer commercial. Mark and Brian rocking LA. Right now, the only thing that would taste better than a nice cold one is a cold filtered one. And because if you want a beer whose rich, smooth, dry taste hasn't been changed by any pasteurization, we've got it down cold. Cold filtered Miller Genuine Draft. It's as real as beer gets. There it is. Sweetheart, why is it that on all of the old stuff, mm-hmm. you always sound like a chipmunk? Uh, so I don't, maybe that's the way I sounded at that time? No, it's not. I don't know. I, I, I mean, sometimes maybe stuff gets sped up with. Oh, with, maybe, with, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. 
Uh, but I, if I hear an old air check of myself, it's really, really hard for me to listen to it. I get it with actors where they just cringe when they see old stuff they've done. I'm the same way. I, I hear it and I think, why would you say that? Why would you do that? But it's what got you where you are, so you can't condone it. All right. What year is it? Oh, already? Yeah. Three for three last mm. week, and now we have three. Damn it. Now I'm not going to be a winner anymore, probably. I think you're fine. <laughs> I think you're perfectly fine. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. I wish you the very best of luck. I think I'll start here. Uh, I have a question. Yes. Is that Phil Collins by himself? Or is it with the, uh, his group? I don't usually answer questions. It is Phil Collins. Okay. Movie from said year. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to think about why you're here. The Breakfast Club. And something ripped from the headlines. Konstantin Chernyenko is dead at the age of 73. And with a speed unmatched in recent history, Mikhail Gorbachev is named the successor. Oh, shit. So the question, Skeeter, is what year? I don't remember when. Is it? Collins went solo. Damn it. I think it was the 80s. Breakfast Club. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. 1985. It is 1985. Fuck! Wow! This bitch. Damn. Has continued her run. We now move on to what year is it? Number two. One for one. We begin with classic song of said year. There's no one like you. I can't wait for the night with you. Okay. I I haven't I don't even know who that is. Movie from Wait, you have to tell me who that is. The Scorpions. Movie from said year. But what they'd like to get into most is a place called Porky's. I left my idea here. Use this one. That's my Bible school card. Unfortunately, we can only show you the outside of Porky's. And something ripped from the headlines. Extra strength Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide are linked with five deaths in Chicago, and that number might be changed to six. Skeeter. What? I don't know when. Stop. Mm. Let me say the thing. All right. What year is it? I don't even know when the scorpions were hot. I don't know. And I have porkies. I don't. Mm. Okay. I am. Okay. So I'm just going to say I feel like it's in the 80s. So I'll go 1983. 
It is 1982. Two. Fuck. There's no one like you. One year. One fucking year. All right. One for one. Yep. One year remains. And by the way, 1982, also the year you got married. Yep. You probably didn't know the Scorpion song because the station I was doing mornings on didn't play it. Okay, yeah. Like I'm the only thing you listen to. Yes, you are. All right, one year left. Are you ready? Yeah. Prepared? (laughs) Feeling strong? Not really. Feeling good? Not really. Song from said year. Movie. From said year. I used to think a wedding was a simple affair. Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, and introducing Kimberly Williams. One day I'll look back on all of this with great affection and nostalgia. Father of the Bride. Oh, I love that movie. And something ripped from the headlines. Now Norwood tries to kick his longest ever on grass. 47 yards. Eight seconds left. No good. Wide right. What year is it? All right. Well, I think that movie, I'm going on the movie. I think that movie was in the early 90s. Okay. So I'm going to say 1992. It was 1991. So close. One for three, and the two she missed was by one. Shit. You know credit where credit's due. You are getting really, really good at this. We're really, really lucky. Some of them you miss by decades. <laughs> There's no luck. I mean, you've learned how to play the fucking game. Well done, bitch. Alright, what do you say? We do us a cool stories quick hit. We lost recently Jimmy Webb and I know that a lot of you don't know who Jimmy Webb is, so allow me to be the one to explain it to you. He is one of the most prolific songwriters in history. I share with you Jimmy Lane Webb, born August 15, 1946, an American songwriter, composer, and singer. He wrote a number of platinum-selling hit records. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1986 and the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1990. He received the National Academy of Songwriters Lifetime Achievement Award in 1993, the Songwriters Hall of Fame Johnny Mercer Award in 2003, the ASCAP Voice of Music Award 2006, and the Ivor Novello Special International Award in 2012. According to BMI, his song, 
by the time I get to Phoenix mm. was the third most performed song in the 50 years between 1940 and 1990. Webb is the only artist ever to have received Grammy Awards for music, lyrics, and orchestration. Webb was born, as I said, in Elk City, Oklahoma. His father, Robert Lee Webb, was a Baptist minister and alumnus of the United States Marine Corps who presided over rural churches in southwestern Oklahoma and West Texas. With his mother's encouragement, Webb learned piano and organ and by the age of 12 was playing in the choir of his father's churches, accompanied by his own father on guitar and his mother on accordion. Webb grew up in a very conservative religious home where his father restricted radio listening to only country music, and white gospel. During the late 50s, Webb began applying his creativity to the music he was playing at his father's church, frequently improvising and rearranging the hymns. He began to write religious songs at this time, but his musical direction was soon influenced by the new music being played on the radio by that of Elvis Presley. In 1961, at the age of 14, he bought his first record, Turn Around, Look at Me, by Glen Campbell. He was drawn to not only the voice of Glen Campbell for its distinction, but the song itself. For whatever reason, it was this song that started him on this venture that would become his life. is someone walking behind you turn around look at me there is someone watching your footsteps turn around look at me Here's my heart in my hands Turn around, look at me And understand, understand That there's someone That began it all for a 14-year-old Jimmy Webb In 1964, Webb and his family moved to Southern California, where he attended San Bernardino Valley College studying music. Following the death of his mother in 1965, his father made plans to return to Oklahoma. Webb decided he would stay in California to continue his music studies and pursue a career as a songwriter. Webb would later recall his father warning him about his musical aspirations, saying, quote, the songwriting thing is going to break your heart. Seeing that his son was determined, however, he gave him $40, saying, quote, it's not much, but it's all I have. 
After transcribing other people's music for a small publishing company in Hollywood, Webb was signed to a songwriting contract with Jobet Music, the publishing arm of Motown. Hmm. The first commercial recording of a Jimmy Webb composition was entitled My Christmas Tree by the Supremes. There's a Christmas tree in a window frame Just inside my door But my Christmas tree doesn't look the same As it always has before There's just one lonely present following year, Webb met singer-songwriter Johnny Rivers, who signed Jimmy Webb to a publishing deal and recorded several of his songs. In 1967, Johnny Rivers released Rewind, an album featuring seven Jimmy Webb songs. That same year, Johnny Rivers turned to Webb for material for this new group that Johnny Rivers was producing called The Fifth Dimension. Webb contributed five songs to their debut album, including this number one hit and the first for Jimmy Webb. Would you like to ride in my beautiful blue? Would you like to ride? Following the success of Up, Up, and Away with The Fifth Dimension, it was another song that nobody really kind of saw what was going to come his way. It was a well-written tune recorded by a group nobody had ever heard of, The Brooklyn Bridge, but it was the strength of the writing that made this song number one. getting married heard you're getting married this time you're really sure and this is the end they say you really mean it this guy's the one that makes you feel so safe so sane and so secure Happen to me. 
And just when you think it couldn't get better with Up, Up and Away and the worst that could happen, both number one hits, the best had yet to come. Glenn Campbell, 1967, released his version of By the Time I Get to Phoenix and it became an instant pop standard. By the time I get to Phoenix She'll be rising She'll find the note I left hanging On her door She'll laugh when she reads the part That says I'm leaving At the 1968 Grammy Awards held in February up, Up and Away was named Record of the Year and Song of the Year, and by the time I get to Phoenix, received eight Grammys. By the time I make Albuquerque, she'll be working. She'll probably stop at lunch and give me a call. But she'll just hear that phone Keep on ringing Off the wall That's all By the time I make Oklahoma She'll be sleeping now, the following are just a few of the songs that Jimmy Webb wrote that you probably know of and you probably enjoyed and you didn't know he wrote them. I am a lineman for the county And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine And the Wichita lineman Is still on the line It's pretty clear that Jimmy Webb liked Glenn Campbell. Galveston, oh Galveston I still hear your sea winds blowing I still see her dark eyes glowing she was 21 when I left Galveston Galveston, oh Galveston I still hear your sea waves crashing While I watch the cannons flashing 
train my gun and dream of Galveston. There was now a song that Jimmy Webb had written, and it clocked in at 7 minutes and 21 seconds. The recording group, the association, rejected it, said in this day of radio, that song is going nowhere. Richard Harris said, not so fast. For us, girl, it ran one step ahead as we followed in the dance. Between the parted pages and repressed in love's hot fevered iron, like a striped pair of pants. This park is melting in the dark All the sweet green icing flowing down Someone left the cake out in the rain I don't think that I can take it Cause it took so long to bake it And I'll never have that recipe again Oh no And, of course, when you're hot, you're hot. Art Garfunkel got involved in it. kinds of ways we could go but we'll just wrap it up with one last Glenn Campbell Jimmy Webb song The end has come and found us here with our toys scattered all around us here Puzzle that we never found an answer for Still ask us, darling, just what all the games were for And here we stand In a box of sands Where's the playground, Susie? Stay around 
so there you have it the great jimmy webb who again passed away and obviously i didn't know this until yesterday i was putting this together and i picked up on something that i thought was pretty interesting i guess this would be the bet you didn't know it's really not worthy of the music i'll just go so remember i told you this was the very first song that Jimmy Webb was attracted to. It was a song by Glenn Campbell. It attracted him to Glenn's distinctive voice, but also the song itself, Turn Around, Look at Me. This is that song again. I don't have to go much further than that. Then, his very first competition, uh, I'm sorry, composition that would be recorded was My Christmas Tree by the Supremes. Here's that. I found it ironic that the very first song he was attracted to and the very first song he wrote had an almost identical musical beginning. Here's the Glenn Campbell tune again. Listen to the very beginning notes. And now my Christmas tree. He basically copied the notes. Uh Hey, he was influenced. It's fine. There's a Christmas tree. Mr. Webb, rest in peace and thank you for all the music. And his most of his songs were sad. Uh, not only sad, but very moving. All yeah. of them could be made for TV movies. They were really deep. Like that Where's the Playground Susie. Not his biggest hit by any means, but very deep. All of them. I had never heard that song. Where's the Playground Susie? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a major hit for Glenn, like Galveston or uh, Wichita Lineman. All right. Are you ready for Itty Bitty? Oh, sure. Have you read it? Yep. All right. Here we go. We're just going to fall through this. Good luck to you. Good day and welcome to Itty Bitty Theater. I'm your host, Jonathan Nipple. Today we give you the angel. An angel visited a woman and told her she must give up smoking, drinking, and unmarried sex if she wants to get into heaven. The woman said that she would try her best. The angel visited the woman a week later to see how she was getting on. Not bad, said the woman. I've given up smoking and drinking, but then I bent over to look in the freezer. My boyfriend caught sight of my long, slender legs and high heels. He pulled up my skirt and had his way with me right then and there. Mm, They don't like that in heaven, said the angel. The woman replied, They're not crazy about it in Costco either. Uh, (laughs) You see, see, he did her in Costco. They don't like it in heaven. They don't like it in Costco. Take that with you. Have a good day. Until next time, Jonathan Nipples. All right, so uh, real quickly, so Cecilia Meyer, she is a big, big... Cece. Uh, she's a big listener, always sending me information. She's a teacher, which until I got this, I didn't realize that. I mean, you've only talked to her, and she told you she was a teacher. Fuck her. Okay. So she sent, with school just starting... 
she sent some school fun facts we thought we'd run by you. So here we go. First, we'll begin with history. The oldest school, public school, in the United States, Boston's Latin School, was founded in 1635. Among the school's alumni are Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, and it's still open. Wow. So what was that like going to school with all of them? Ha! Prior to the 1930s, <laughs> prior to the 1930s, most Americans only completed eight years of school. During the Great Depression, communities had little work to offer, so they began enforcing a high school education for teenagers to keep them out of the workforce. Hmm. At one time, geography determined when students attended class. In small rural areas, school went from December to March and then from May to August so that kids could help paint I'm sorry, could help plant in the spring and harvest in the mm -hmm. fall. In urban areas, schools were often the summer when hot. Crowded classrooms could foster the spread of disease. Ooh. Art class. Crayola produces nearly 3 billion crayons every year, an average of 12 million daily. Mm. The average pencil can write 45,000 words or draw a line 35 miles long. Before the invention of erasers, a rolled up piece of white bread was used to erase graphite. In the color census of 2000, blue was voted the favorite crayon color, while tan, tumbleweed, and spring green were voted as the least favorite colors. Now see, I would have thought that would have been red. Back to school math. 11% of kids will repeat at least one grade of school. The average salary for public school teachers in 2008 was $50,758. And for principals in the same year, the average salary was 97486 Geography. The tradition of giving apples to teachers dates back to the 16th century in Denmark when parents paid educators with food since teachers couldn't live off their very small salaries. The length of summer vacation varies among countries. In Ethiopia, summer vacation is 12 to 15 weeks long, depending on the school. In Germany, students get only a six-week break from school. Psychology, a study done by Yale University, ranked the crayon as number 18 on the list of most recognizable smells. Oh, yeah. 67% of kids say that they actually like school. According to one study, teachers should avoid using red pens because the color red can upset students and negatively impact student-teacher relations. And that mm. is your school fun facts for the day. Yeah, because I think most uh, schools either started this week or they start next week. Yeah, yeah, it is time. Uh, we were at Target and there was a bunch of that crap going on. <laughs> All right, August 16th. Uh, it was on this day back in 1977, Elvis Presley passed away. So the question bears, how did Elvis spend his last day on the earth? Elvis woke up at his usual time of four in the afternoon on Monday, the 15th of August. 
He spent the evening watching television, playing with Lisa Marie and bickering with his fiancée, Ginger. He then went to see his dentist, Lester Hoffman, around 11 p.m. Hmm, wonder why. Elvis got home from the dentist at 12.30. As he drove his Stutz Bearcat through the Graceland gates, he waved at fans. Robert Call, a fan from Indiana, took what is known as the very last picture of Elvis alive. Oh, wow. There it is, and then... Wow. I gotta take it back. He yeah. was driving through the gates. Uh, yeah. Midnight. Elvis and his girlfriend, Ginger Alden, returned to Graceland after that dentist appointment. 2.30 a.m. Elvis calls his doctor to ask for painkillers, supposedly for the tooth pain he was enduring due to his earlier trip. Rick Stanley, Elvis's stepbrother, picks up six Dilaudid pills for Elvis from the all-night pharmacy at Baptist Memorial Hospital. Around 2.15, Elvis called Dr. Nick to tell him one of his teeth was really hurting and he needed some Dilaudid, more Dilaudid. So Dr. Nick prescribed six tablets and Elvis asked Rick Stanley to go pick them up at Baptist Memorial Hospital. At 4 a.m., Elvis gets his first cousin, Billy Smith and wife, Joe, up from bed so that they can play a game of racquetball with him. Elvis, as anticipated, plays the game while barely moving. 4.30 a.m., Elvis sits down at his piano after playing racquetball and performs two unidentified gospel numbers, but the very f- last thing he sang was this. At 5 a.m., Elvis and Ginger go to Elvis's bedroom. He takes a package of pills put together by his doctor for twice daily use. Each packet consisted of varying amounts of Secanol, Placidil, Valium, Tuinol, Demerol, and an assortment of other depressants and placebos. They were made and given to Elvis so that he could sleep at any given time. 7 a.m., Elvis takes a second package of pills. 8 a.m., unable to sleep, Elvis had his Aunt Delta May Biggs bring him a third package. Mm. 9.30 a.m., Elvis heads for the bathroom carrying the book, Frank Adams, The Scientific Search for the Face of Jesus. While on his way, Ginger calls out, quote, don't fall asleep in there. And what would be Elvis's last word spoken? He said, quote, okay, I won't. Ginger woke up at 1.30 in the afternoon, rolled over. Elvis wasn't in bed. She then fell back to sleep for a few minutes. Once she was awake, she called her mother, who asked how Elvis was. Ginger had no idea. She then got dressed, 
put on her makeup. She then walked over to Elvis's bathroom door, knocked softly, and called out Elvis's name. She got no answer. So she then pushed the door open and discovered Elvis lying on the floor, his gold pajamas around the bottom of his feet, his face buried in the carpet. In shock, she called downstairs and spoke to somebody on duty. That person was Al Strada. She thought Elvis had fallen over and hit his head, but he needed help and he needed it quickly. 2.56 p.m., Elvis Presley arrives via ambulance at the Baptist Memorial Center in Memphis. 3.30 p.m., Elvis was pronounced dead. At four, on the steps of Graceland, Elvis's father, Vernon, tells the gathered reporters, quote, my son is dead. Now, August 16th, 1977, was ironically 42 years ago today, the same age he was when he passed away. Elvis would have been 84 had he lived today. And I know that you all see the videos and the pictures and it's sad because this is a guy that had everything. The looks, the swagger, the, the musical ability that nobody truly fully understood. And the guy, you know, he got addicted to prescription medication and it's sad that it went that way. To listen to that that we just heard, it just, he was a shadow of what he once was, but there was a time when he truly was the king. Oh, I wish I was in a land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. Dixieland, where I was born. Early Lord, one frosty morn. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland.
hush, little baby, don't you cry. You know your daddy's bound to die. thing you and I have to do. Uh-oh. How many times have you and I been to Graceland? Four. Might be five. A lot. I may have blocked one out. Now imagine Nope. Not huh? going back. Not going back. Oh yeah, clearly you are. Linda, Eleni and Bradley have not been to Graceland. Their head's gonna blow off. Yeah, they need to go. I mean everybody are. needs to go to Graceland once. We're going to go and stay in the Elvis suite at the Heartbreak Hotel, which, by the way, it's down at the end of Lonely Street. I'd rather stay at the Peabody with the ducks. We'll do both. Oh, okay. We'll get two Wait, rooms. how many nights we staying in Memphis now? Two weeks. <laughs> you know, I have a memory. I think this is the last time we were there. Katie was maybe five. The last time we were in Graceland? Katie was a teenager. Okay, then way before. <laughs> So, because this was when the Heartbreak Hotel was the old one, which they've now torn down. It was not great. And I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Katie was four or five. And I was sitting by the pool smoking a cigar. Katie, and the reason I remember this is because I didn't know she knew this word. Katie was bent over looking into the pool like this looking straight down. And I said, what is it, Katie? Without looking up, she said, this looks like Hurl. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that was hysterical. <laughs> was it? I, I Cause don't. Cause that place was a dump. I didn't get up and look. I don't want to see Hurl <laughs> while I'm having a cigar. All right, real quickly. Summertime. 
It is not too late to take a summer vacation. A new survey found that 51% of Americans haven't been on a vacation in over a year. 36% said they hadn't been on a real vacation in two years. And only 42% of Americans said that they would be taking a summer vacation this year. That is the lowest it's been since 2013. I think money's kind of tight, huh? I guess. The reason? Oh, shit. 44% of survey respondents said they couldn't afford to travel. Yeah. 20% said they couldn't take time off work due to personal obligations. And 10% said planning a vacation was simply too stressful and time consuming. Now, beach lovers may find this hard to believe, but there are actually people who hate the beach. You're one of them. Okay, let's define. I don't hate the beach. It's beautiful. I love the ocean, the, the sound, all that. My one problem is sand gets everywhere and amy's the same way she doesn't like that the beach because of that katie and i could sit in the sand on the beach all day long and it wouldn't bother us i will tell you that katie from the moment that she was capable of doing it we would go to the beach every it seemed during summer we would go down to oxnard Mm -hmm, was it mm -hmm, and get a hotel room from the moment like we would get breakfast and then go straight to the beach katie would be out there all day we only came in because the sun was going down katie worked that beach like a job yeah and she just was constantly busy yeah working the beach right enjoying it so it's just the sand for me it gets on me and and that's fine but i've got to get it off (laughs) i don't like it I don't like gritty things on my body. I just don't enjoy it. This is all sounding very nasty. Well, there it is. Okay. The most frequently stolen cars in America. I'll just blow. In fact, I'll just give you the top five. Okay. Number five, the GMC Sierra 1500 crew cab truck. Number four, Infiniti QX80. Number three, Infiniti QX 54-door. Number two, most stolen, Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. Mm. And the number one, the Dodge Charger Hemi. So based on those two, I have to assume that's for engine parts. I have no idea, but you know, we saw one of those at the mall the other day with that old man driving it. Oh, yeah. That I almost kicked his ass yeah linda had a moment oh he was an asshole well okay first of all the guy's like honestly close to 80 yes and he's driving a charger with a hemi isn't that like a young person's car or oh it's a it's a souped oh, well, up I'm, i feel sure that people are going to correct us on this because we don't know what the fuck we're talking it doesn't about. matter fuck them so this guy he and his wife he circled the park we're behind him until we turned before he did. He circled the entire parking lot, tons of parking, so that he could pull into this one parking spot and pull forward. Linda was trying to park, but because of him, she couldn't. All right? So she gets... So he he pulls up, like he's, you know, because he's going to roll out after he shops. And I couldn't pull all the way in, 
because he's doing his action. Then the jackass, now he knows I'm there, opens his door and keeps it open. So I can't get out. So he finally gets out. I get out. And then he had the audacity to say to me, you should move your car up. What I wanted to say was, you should shut your fucking mouth. But I didn't. Good. I looked at my car and I said, it's okay. And I walked off. He wanted me to move my car up so that when he did roll out, he didn't have to navigate mine. Well, I had to remind Linda we were at Nordstrom. God, he pissed me off. Just tell him that story. There's no need to be a fucking asshole. Well, some are. And then as I was getting out of this horrendous color of orange, I'm looking at his car. That, that, it was orange. And there it was, Hemi on the side. <laughs> and I turned to Mark and I went, for some reason that makes me want to kick his ass. <laughs> and this is Mark. Come on. You don't want to ruin your shopping day. It, look, with Linda, if I want to make her happy, I say, come on, we're going to go to Nordstrom. <laughs> and so here she is, not even in the door, and pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to remind her, this is your Nordstrom day. Come on now. Let's get this together. All right, before we do birthdays, uh, this real quickly, I always love these stupid criminals, just dumb ass go into jail and you deserve to. Michael Harrell walked into a U.S. bank branch on Cleveland's east side last week and he passed a note to the teller informing her that he intended to rob the place, a tactic that netted him $206 in cash and a guaranteed arrest. Mm. The 54-year-old ensued and ensured the 54-year-old ensured that he would be caught because on his heist note where he said he was robbing the place, it was written on the back of an application from Ohio's Department of Motor Vehicles that came complete with his name, address, and phone number. Wow. Okay, wait, no, 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 no. We can't can't stop this show now because we still want to know when do we do our best work during the week? Who's happier after the divorce? And what is the favorite favorite sandwich? I didn't realize we were taking fucking requests. Well, listen, we I mean, this would be like the second week we didn't do these. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. See if you can guess what day of the week we are most I, I think, productive. can I guess before you play it? You're probably sure. gonna play a day. I'm gonna say Tuesday. According to a new survey, we are most productive on Monday. I find that surprising. The workers' poll said they hit their peak productivity on Monday, and it's downhill from there, Hmm. with productivity dropping each day of the week until we fake our way through Friday. Friday. Now, what else did you want to hear? I want to know who's happier after the divorce. According to a new survey, 
35% of women reported feeling less stressed after a divorce compared to only 17% of men. 30% of women say they experienced a boost in their self-esteem after a split compared to just 15% of the men. And this is interesting. It seems a whopping 80% of divorces are initiated by women. Because mm-hmm. we just can't take it anymore. Watch him smile. You know, I can invite you at any point in time to get the fuck out. <laughs> What would you do without me? (laughs) I don't know. I've never been without you, so I... I don't know. All right. What is your favorite sandwich? My favorite sandwich is the tuna melt. Mmm, that's good. Yeah, yours didn't make the list. Okay. I've got the top five. All righty. You ready for it? Ready. What's your favorite sandwich? I am going to have to say especially if it's done by me. A grilled ham and cheese. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing. So I, I like sourdough because let's face it, it's a ham and cheese. And so you're, oh you're going to throw Jesus caution to the way. So, did I describe my tuna, my tuna melt? You could have if you wanted to mm. and you didn't. Therefore, so I now will. Now we're going to hear Mark Shut make your mouth. a grilled cheese and Listen, it's gross. It's li- so gross. You put too way too much butter. Linda. <laughs> Y'all should see his face. Linda, are you eating it? No. Okay, shut up. All right, here it is. You take whatever your favorite bread, mine, sourdough. So you take that sourdough and on the outside, a light. No, not nothing light. A light. Nope, nope, no light. Coating of butter. No, no. Then on the other side, I like mustard. Okay, mustard. You mean on the inside of the bread? Stop interrupting my ham and cheese. Well, it made it, you made it sound like you flipped it over I and said, put mustard on it. I do. I'm making the sandwich. Not on Listen, the outside. Li- Linda. Yeah. Stay out of this. Okay. On each piece of bread, you put the butter on the outside, you flip it over and put mustard on it. On the outside. And then you put your ham and you put your cheese of choice, whatever it is you like. If you like mayonnaise, put that in there. I don't give a fuck, it's your sandwich. You know, I'm not like some people. You can't have, you don't want mayonnaise. I would like you to stop talking. I'd like you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Now, hear me on this point. Hear me here. You gonna add more butter? Shut up! All right, don't pan the, 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 the pan. What you put in it? Is it butter? You turn on the gas and you put the skillet there. You need a lid, a skillet lid, okay? So then when it's nice and hot, you put the buttered side of the sandwich down on the thing and cover it with the lid. That way, while- So wait a minute, you didn't put any butter in the skillet? No. He's lying. I'm not. I don't ever put So you put the sandwich and then you cover it because while it's grilling on the bottom, the lid heats up the middle, the inside. So then, and it's only for 30 or 60 seconds, you flip it over quicker, that second side quicker, boom, cut it in half with some chips. Oh, 
Did you just say you only buttered one side of your bread? Because you are so lying. You butter both sides and you put butter in the skillet. That's why I won't eat your grilled cheese. You know what? Not only do you interrupt, it's more, you don't listen. It's more butter all the time. I didn't say I don't butter both sides. I, I'm not having this conversation with you. We're done here. Do you understand me? Yeah, I understand you. I haven't even given the top five and I'm pissed off. <laughs> All right, here we go. Your favorite sandwich. Number five, 68% solid club sandwich. Oh, well, I mean, a club sandwich has everything on it. We have a tie at number four. A tie between 69% and 69%. A tie for the bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Hmm, that's a good one. Tied with ham sandwich. Hmm, okay. Number three, I steer away from because I need to be able to select the beef that goes on, roast beef sandwich. Oh, yeah, because then you get something that won't chew up. Well, well see, I'll go French dip. I, I'm all about a French dip, which is roast beef, good stuff, but I need to, I need, I don't like all the thumb. Mm, right, we have a tie at number two. Okay. 75% of people said a tie between grilled chicken sandwich and turkey sandwich. Number one, 79%, so not by a ton, Number one, sandwich. And let me say, you're a fan. Uh, um, um, uh, the, uh, the sauerkraut and the rye bread and the... Reuben? A Reuben. Not it. Fuck. No, simple. Think simple. Really simple. I'm a fan of... A... Let me just give it to you. Oh, uh, yeah, because uh, you said ham. Grilled cheese. Just a simple grilled cheese. Oh, with don't, butter. Don't, don't. Don't. I don't want to hear you talking the English language. <laughs> You're dead to me. <clears throat> All right. So listen, after when we finish the show, mm -hmm. will you play uh, Viva Las Vegas for us? Sure. Okay. All We, uh, this show was recorded. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of birthdays yet. So I have one birthday. Oh. And that is on August 18th, Maui Wowie Lisa. Oh. Will be turning 54. Wow. Nice. Yeah. She lives in Maui, or is that just her nickname? I don't know. Okay. She didn't tell me. Uh, also, while we're talking about that, we are dark next week. Yes. So everybody that fast forwarded through the birthdays, they didn't hear that. <laughs> I'll no, say it again at the end. No birthdays. Uh, well, you're you're at the end. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And do you need me to pause it? Uh, no. All right. You ready? Ready. Dear Lisa. Happy birthday, Lisa. So I'm going to say it again. We are dark next week. Nice. Uh, I don't have anything. Dark next week. We know that. Boy, I got to pee. <laughs> and now I really want a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. Blech. Without you there. 
yeah. to watch it. I can't. I can't even smell the the butter cookie. It just it's all so gross. Then why don't you get the fuck out of the kitchen? <laughs> you won't have to. Okay. So, Linda's all over this uh, Instagram uh, doing stuff uh, yeah. and Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah. where do they follow you? At Lake Norman Linda. At Lake Norman Linda. I don't do it, by the way. We I'm know just that. there. We know that. Everybody go have yourself a grand two weeks because we're not here next week. I almost puked yeah. right there. Talk, so I'm talking about all that butter. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, y'all. Gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas how I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel A fortune won and lost on every deal All you need is strong heart and a nerve steel Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Fever, Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one-armed bandits crashing all those hopes down the drain. Fever, Las Vegas turning day into nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. I'm gonna keep on the run, I'm gonna have me some fun. If it cost me my very last dime. If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady love, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva Miller Genuine Draft. It's as real as beer gets. Uh,